Hello, hello. Welcome to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. I'm your host, AC. Here is where we discuss all things faith and family. I share real life stories of home life as a wife, mother of five, home educator, and all the learning curves my family and I are journeying through. As you can imagine, we're in a busy season and I have a lot to share. The goal, getting back to the basics of raising strong families. Let's talk about it. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 18 entitled Complementarianism, my favorite $5 word. (laughs) I was going to name this episode Head, Shoulders, Knees and Toes, but that's kind of a long title for a podcast episode. I learned about complementarianism back when I was a single mother attending marriage seminars. I knew marriage was going to be difficult and I wanted to be prepared. Fast forward over 10 years later, I understand now that there isn't enough preparation in the world to be completely ready for marriage, but it certainly did help and I gained a lot of insight. I came across this word, complementarianism, in my early 20s and it changed my whole perspective. It not only gave me a more productive perspective on the biblical concept of a union between two broken people, but it also taught me the importance of understanding myself better the responsibility I have to be able to articulate who I am, my purpose, and how God wired me to my partner. I'm going to break down what complementarianism means to me in my marriage, how I use it when I'm educating and preparing my children for adulthood, and much more. Before we jump into that segment of the podcast, let's jump into some AC Pearls. AC Pearls, 1 Corinthians 12, 17 to 26. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has arranged the parts, each of them in the body, just as he desired. If there were one part, where would the body be? But now there are many parts, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the parts of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those parts of the body which we consider less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our less presentable parts become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable parts have no need of it. But God so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that part which lacked so that there will be no division in the body, but that the part may have the same care for one another. And if one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If a part is honored, all the parts rejoice with it. God has arranged the parts, each one of them in the body as he desired. That simple statement alone is enough for me to believe we cannot flippantly do things the way we see fit. And we definitely can't get our cues from the culture. It also confirms we have to seek to understand where we fit, as in what is our part? What's our role in the intelligent design of a whole, of a body in community? Simply put, what's my part? Why did God put me here? And how am I supposed to function with my fellow believers, with my fellow humans? (laughs) 
To be clear, this passage of scripture is in reference to spiritual gifts and the believer's service within the body of Christ. But by extension, and because I'm always looking to understand more fully how God wired me and my my specific purpose in this this thing called life, I have to ask myself, how may I apply the truth of his word in, in other areas of my life? What's my part? What's my role in community, in the body of Christ, in my marriage, in my family, all of the above? What am I doing? That I'm always asking myself that. Why? Because we're designed for purpose. When we just kind of go with the wind and let the wind take us where we want to go and we just kind of wake up and just kind of frolic around and figure things out, that breeds chaos and confusion. I'm not here for that. We were designed to function and thrive within community. We all have different gifts, abilities, and talents that are meant to serve a common purpose and something much bigger than ourselves. I'm certainly not saying anything new, but our culture has fallen so far away from God and family. We're in desperate need of a get back to the basics conversation, especially when it has to do with faith and family. So here we go. We function and thrive like a well-oiled machine when we understand our role, when we trust each other and we play our positions. Just like children, children thrive within uh, a schedule. They thrive when it's like they wake up, they eat breakfast, they have uh, a tone and a, a rhythm to the day. And when we set them in that zone, that, that rhythm of the day, they thrive. They're having fun. It makes our day as parents and teachers go much better when there's a schedule. And very similar to how children thrive within that rhythm, we as adults, we thrive the same way when we know what we're here for, when we are a well-oiled machine, when things are running smoothly, when we understand our purpose and we're all playing our positions, there's a certain rhythm of life that we crave. And I believe that. And I'm always looking to go with that flow. (laughs) (laughs) Pineapple. When we step outside of how God uniquely gifted and wired us to complement one another, it introduces disorder and confusion. And that's where I get kind of bent out of shape in life, in my day, in my week, in my month, in my marriage, when things are not running smoothly as I know they're intended, I have to stop and ask myself, whoa, what's going on and where do we fall off track? Because something is not aligning. The whole body suffers when one part of the whole is not functioning as it should. Hubby is the head of our home and I'm the neck. (laughs) The neck cannot make decisions without the head and the head can't turn without the neck. Don't downplay your role and there is no need to hype up your position. It doesn't matter if you're armpit. God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to the parts that lack. He doesn't like division and he's designed the body so that if one part suffers, the whole body is affected. Here's an AC Pearl to wrap up the segment. God is not the author of chaos, confusion, or disorder. He doesn't like division in the body of Christ. He does not like division in ministry. He doesn't like division at home or in our families or in our communities. He does not like division. And we shouldn't be okay with it either. A house divided against itself cannot stand. 
A kingdom divided against itself brings desolation. A family divided is not a reflection of God's design for us as his image bearers. Our marriage and our purpose in family, when it doesn't reflect his design, it, it should confuse us and we should notice the chaos. Division is the evidence that we live in a broken and fallen world that desperately needs Jesus. We may not have much control over the environment we find ourselves in, the state of our family, the job we choose, or any other areas of our lives, but we can submit to God's design in these areas, adjust our perspective, and make more intentional and less divisive decisions moving forward. That's what we can control. It may mean being honest about where we are in relationship to God and God's way of doing life, God's way of doing family and ministry. It may mean stepping away from certain choices that we know are out of alignment and get back to God's design for our lives, for our community, for our ministry, for our family, all of the above. AC Talk. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> I mean, complementarianism. There we go. There's our $5 word for the episode. I had a great conversation with my son, Micaiah, about roles in relationship and what our purpose is in life. He's 20 and still he's still wrestling to figure out how God uniquely wired him and what the best career path is for him, knowing what he knows about himself and how God wired him. I'd remind him of different quirks he had growing up to give him some inspiration and ideas. And, and, and by the way, that's me. I inspire and I encourage. I reminded Micaiah of the times he would, this is when I was a single mother. Uh, he would sit next to me in the passenger seat while I was driving and he would happily look stuff up for me on my laptop, move my schedule around, tell me what's going on for the day. If I had a busy day at work, if I was studying uh, for whatever <laughs> I was always studying for when I was in the Navy, um, when I was you know, in school also, I was school, Navy and single motherhood and trying to juggle all these different things. And he would organize my life for me. He would organize my notes and do so much from the passenger seat of a vehicle. And it didn't matter how much I threw at him. He could keep up with a zillion and one taskers and have everything organized by the time we arrived at whatever, wherever we were going. And he was a natural at it. He's a natural at taking complex tasks, arranging and making them more simplified and organized and make sense. I love this kid. <laughs> Chores around the house, if he had a choice between organizing a messy, filthy garage or doing laundry, he'd pick the garage. Me, I do laundry because I know I can chill and read a book in between the loads, but not Micaiah. He enjoys taking complex, complicated messes and rearranging and making sense of it. He's always been that way. The path to complementarianism begins with an understanding of who we are what we gravitate to and understanding how God specifically wired us and knowing our purpose. It is so important that young people take the time to explore their identity before jumping into a career field or a relationship or flippantly just wanting to get out of the house and just, just go, 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 go. Know where you come from, have an idea of where you are and what you're made for. And then have an idea where you're going. 
when I was in grade school, everyone was going to college, but I didn't get the sense that anyone really knew who they were and what they were meant for. Now, to be fair, most of us, when we're young, we need to try things out and we need to just kind of experiment with different life paths to understand what works, what doesn't work, um, what we were excited about when we were in ninth grade. By the time we got to college, we figured out eh, this is not fun at all. Okay, I get that. Some of us learn better through exploration, through trial and error, <laughs> through getting out there and then realizing, you know what, tax law is kind of boring and I just don't like this. I want to do something more interesting with my life. I understand all that. I worked in a pediatric clinic for a few months when I was 21. I knew after a few months of dealing with sick and suffering babies, pediatrics and serving in that capacity was not my calling or the career path for me. I cried like every day. Here's the tough part for me when it comes to understanding who you are and getting to the path that God has laid out for you based on how you're wired, what you're gifted at, and what you know your calling is. And this is the tough part for me that I had to reconcile with over the last 20 years of my life. I've always known my calling. I've always known my gifts, how I'm wired, and the purpose. I knew it when I was eight years old, but I became a single mother at 19. It was difficult for me to reconcile the past 20 years of my life because I had a child to take care of. I was not married and I had these bills to pay and I was just on a trajectory that was so far away from what I knew God was trying to pull me towards. I lacked the faith to just do what I knew I was supposed to do. I didn't have clarity. I didn't have vision and I definitely did not do the work to see, okay, and to pray and trust God and have faith. Okay, Lord, I know you've called me to write and to teach, but I kind of got this contract that I signed with the military and I have to be able to provide for a child. And if I get out of the military, I can't pay these bills. And I got a whole, I had a mortgage at the time. I just had responsibilities and I was so far going left. I, I couldn't even begin to see what it would be like to go right. I didn't have the maturity. I didn't have the know-how or the direction in life to get back to how God specifically wired and created me for because I knew my purpose. Teaching and having a ministry at home was my purpose, but I had gotten myself into a single motherhood tied to the Navy situation where I was more dependent on the Navy and the military less dependent on God and letting him lead me where he needed me to go. There was just such a stark contrast. I wouldn't even, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what direction to turn. And it definitely did not help my faith to continue to go left, knowing that God was calling me to go right. Here's how God turns our brokenness, our lack of faith, our ignorance, our missteps and poor choices in life and turns them around for good and for his glory. Today, I get to teach and minister to all five of my children. Today, at the age of 40, 20 years after I had found myself in this season of life where I was so far away from where God wanted me, I get to use my testimony where I was, those missteps, those poor choices. And I get to use that testimony to prepare and steer my children now I get to steer them better. I get to teach them better. 
in a way that gets them prayerfully walking in their purpose much sooner than mommy was in the, in a way to get them in tuned and understanding themselves and their identity and how God wired them and their purpose in life much sooner than I could have ever thought of at their age at how old are they <laughs> four five eight and 20 <laughs> and then also I get to teach them this is what it looks like when you choose when you make certain choices in life that's out of the will of God that is outside of God's purpose for you that's outside of how you nine times out of ten we know how we're wired we know what we gravitate to we know our quirks we know our our abilities and we know what's not our lane we we kind of have a clue but we get these influences from all these other sources and we start making decisions based off of everything but what God is trying to whisper and tell us complementarianism has a multi-layered, multi-generational purpose to it. Multi-layered in that just as I'm using my gifts and talents for ministry of marriage, home, and family, it will be my children's responsibility to take that same template and repeat it within the context of their home, their marriage, and their family, and do the same thing for the next generation. Complementarianism benefits the whole body the whole family and it's meant to serve a multi-generational purpose I deeply admire whole families that are invested in that type of vision for the family unit and I have met families like that and I hold on to them whether I've met them personally and I have conversations and I have relationships with them or if I encounter you know those families on YouTube or those families on social media that are documenting their life journeys and I just see how they kind of commune together and how their, their family dynamics are so complementary in nature I hang on to those families because they're they're my inspiration these are biblical concepts I'm intentional in teaching my children to save to save them from squandering months if not years of their life committed to relationships and paths in life that are not complementary in nature. I said it before and I'll say it again. I know why the man who makes six figures quits his corporate job after 20 years to start a men's hunting excursion ministry. Or the woman who after her children are grown decides to open up a small town bakery. The kids are off to college like what's gotten into mom? <laughs> Wait dad did what? That purpose was, was always there and something happens around 40. I am convinced I'm speaking from my own experience. Now I am convinced that we start to wake up and revisit those unacknowledged purposes in life. Those drives, how God wired us. Something happens around 40. We start to revisit and reanalyze what have I been doing for the last 20, 25, 30 years of my life. And whatever happened to that dream, that, that drive, that, that vision I had when I was fill in the blank, we start to wonder why did I spend all that money in college earning a degree that I'm not using when God wired me for teaching, when God wired me simply to be a mommy, to be in family, to be in ministry, hmm. 
I want to touch on complementarianism, specifically to our service within church for a second. One thing that I've learned over the years is that our gifts, talents, and our availability to serve can shift with the years and the seasons of life. We have to be on the lookout for those shifts in the seasons and be comfortable to make adjustments. I used to teach Sunday school classes and host get togethers at my home. I did it for about 10 years. Even when I was moving around the military, as often as we did, I had a heart for it and I was excited about it. I enjoyed doing it. I love holding babies. Even with the children I have now, I miss it. And that was my service in whatever church God led us to, whether I was a single parent, when we got married, up until I popped out four children, (laughs) four more children, and life happened. That was my thing. And that's what I gravitated to. And that's what I enjoyed doing. I can feel the transition from it being more of something that I enjoyed to do and my heart was in it to more of an obligation and just another chore on the list of chores. And most likely because the seasons had shifted from me being willing and able to teach and host and do all those things. That was my ministry. That was my, my, that's something I enjoyed doing to do you see all these kids? <laughs> do you see all these girls? Do you see all that hair? Hosting no longer fit in the busy season of motherhood for me. And teaching another 20 kids on top of the children I had at home, forget about it. It, it wasn't fun for me no more. I did not want to do it. My heart was not in it. And I started to borderline just be a little bitter towards it. Now, to be, to be fair, I'm still a teacher, And I still enjoy teaching. I just enjoy teaching at home full time with the little souls that God has given me. I still enjoy hosting, but hosting shifted to more of a facilitator tour guide for our Clark family homeschool adventures now. Like when I I took my children on a 50 state road trip adventure back in 2022. So my love for hosting shifted to Now I'm just being a facilitator and tour guide and introducing my children to the wonders of homeschooling. Understanding the importance of shifting your time, your attention, and your talents with the seasons in life is something I'm definitely going to communicate to my children so they they won't feel that sense of guilt and failure um, that I had when I started saying no a lot to service opportunities outside of home. Like, yo, this is a lot. I had to be comfortable telling sweet old church ladies, I'm, I'm not a good fit for that service role, or that'll be a no for me, <laughs> or my ministry is at home full time for now, and I cannot. Anytime that I do have sister so-and-so, I'd rather be sleeping. <laughs> I have to be comfortable saying that. And be like, and and have no shame and no guilt because it was the absolute truth. Our roles within marriage and family changes with the seasons and we have to change with it. We have to recognize and adjust to those seasons. As a family is getting older and the family dynamic is shifting. Just the other day, my tall and handsome son and I were talking, uh, we were walking to the library. I forgot to grab some books in the car and I had to go back and grab them. Micaiah followed me like a shadow from the library back to the car. I turned around and saw him stalking me and I'm like, 
uh, Micaiah, you don't have to come with me. I'll just be a second. I'm just grabbing the returns. I'm just going to go to the trunk real quick. I'll be right there. You don't have to follow me. He said with his deep, authoritative voice, he said, nope, I'm going with you to keep you safe. Now, mind you, we were not in a bad neighborhood. It was a beautiful fall day. There were probably rainbows and lollipops falling out of the sky. (laughs) But my son followed me like a hawk. Our relationship took a noticeable shift when he grew taller than me and he became a man. Now, he's still my air quote child, but we both instinctively shifted the complementary nature of our relationship. Our mother-son relationship had to shift when he is now six foot, built like a linebacker, taller than me, and I'm getting older, more clumsy. (laughs) And that's just how it works. Our family dynamics change and we have to kind of change with it. It's how God designed it. And I tell Micaiah all the time, and I'll tell my daughters this also, we have to, here's, here comes an S word, submit to that complementary design and resist the temptation to fight against, fight against that, fa- that shift in our family dynamic for whatever reason. And most of the time it's just pride. Like, oh, I don't need you. Oh no, I don't need that. Oh no, you don't have to do that. No. If that man, if that young man wants to step up and be more of a protective guardian um, and fill those natural roles that God put inside every man at 20. And now I'm the 40 year old mama (laughs) who has a second shadow and he wants to make sure when his father is not around, he steps up to the plate and watches over his mama. I'm going to let him and I am proud of him and I love him for it. And as a woman, now I don't care. I don't care how old he gets, how old I get. As a woman, I'm thankful that he has that instinctive nature in him and he's responding to it. And I didn't have to teach him that. And I love it. The same goes for marriage. I struggled to submit to God's design in marriage as a wife early in my marriage. I was a single mother for so long, submitting to a man. After one man had abandoned me, it was an insecurity for me and it was terrifying. At add four more children, the ebb and flows of marriage, and it, w- it just got even scarier, just layers and layers of fear and doubt and uh-oh, what if, and uh-oh, I don't know. And I definitely had to grow my faith in these areas and trust God more than believe my insecurities or believe that the things that happened to me in the past were going to repeat themselves. After 10 years, I got it down. It, it takes continuous work and crazy faith in, in God's design for marriage and family, but I got it. And now fast forward 10 years later, hubby is working through areas where he has to in turn submit. There are areas in our marriage and family dynamic where he knows he has to submit, not to me, but to God. And I tell you this, ladies, one thing I absolutely know to be true, the moment you submit to God's complementary design for marriage and family, your husband will have far less to contend with you about. The thing that would frustrate me and make me want to scratch out my eyeballs the most were the moments where I simply needed to submit and give whatever it was that was frustrating me in my marriage, just give it to God. Once I did that, There was a noticeable shift in my husband and I's relationship. 
God is faithful and he cares about marriage and he cares about family. He'll get a hold of your husband's heart and he'll start moving it like channels of water when we submit. It's a total game changer because now hubby has to contend with God, not me. It becomes difficult to fuss and fight when your posture is submitted to God and his design for marriage and the whole family. Hello. Here's an AC Pearl to wrap up the segment. If you want to get back to the basics of faith and family, let's begin with understanding God's complementary design for our lives and for our walk. As we learn better, share your testimony so that we can encourage the rest of the body. Be diligent and intentional. Teach the next generation. Our lives, our marriages, our family and fellowship within the body of Christ should It should be a complementary expression of God's image. The instances where we do not reflect God in our home and our community and our marriage and our family, we have to ask ourselves, whose image are we reflecting? All right, that concludes the conversation for today. I trust the podcast encourages you to continue the conversation in your family circle. Stop by my IG and Facebook page at ACS Visions. Show me some love, share your comments on the episode and how this podcast is encouraging you. You can also visit my website at www.acsvisions.com. You'll find a link to send me an email if you'd like to show your support that way. As a reminder, episodes are published every Thursday. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcasting platform so you get notified the moment a new episode drops. Thank you for listening to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. Until next time. Mm